The topics discussed on this platform are discussed from an informational and solutional perspective. The topics discussed do not necessarily reflect the beliefs and opinions of those participating in the Collaborative Minds discussion. Welcome to Collaborative Minds. Let's get perspective. My name is Ruben Udovic, and here with me today is... Stacey Sims, Shoshana Williams, and we are Collaborative Minds. Today we will be talking about the killing of black people in America. Well, we had different plans of how this show was going to be. This is a little secret information for you audience, but because so much has happened in the past three weeks, we had to completely change how this would be because we didn't it wasn't just Aubrey and it wasn't just Brianna and it wasn't just George it's just so much have happened to um, really show how this society is just seeps and born from the institution of racism and um, and I think right now it's hard for people to really digest it, especially um, white America because they want to believe this country was based on Christian principles, as they call it. They want to believe it was good and everything. But when you have make America great again, what does that mean? And make America great again has to go echo back to the past of slavery. And that's what America was built on. America was built on the economy of slavery. And everything that was done to preserve that economy including all the laws and stuff that was made, was to keep a people oppressed. These were all been triggers. Our friend, the dog walker, Amy Cooper. <laughs> Why you call the lady that? Well, that's what she is. <laughs> Would you prefer Karen? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Y'all is tripping today. Well, the dog walker lady. Um, you dog know, choker? Dog right. choker. You know... That was one of the catalysts. And I mean, so much proof of of white privilege. And when people act like they don't, white privilege don't exist, this woman knew white privilege existed. She exercised her white privilege and nearly got this man killed because we could, be, what was his name? I'm um, Christian. Is it, his name was Cooper as well. I'm, I'm forgetting his first name. But he could have been on the list with Ahmaud Arbery and everybody else. If he had stuck around and those police had showed up. Right. And then let's talk about the youth pastor who was, oh, what was he doing? He was um, soliciting a transgender prostitute, got caught. That was in Georgia? Yeah, it was in Macon. And he blamed it on two black men who kidnapped him. And then you have the woman with the, who wanted to kill her autistic child, mm-hmm. and she blamed it on the child being kidnapped by two black men when she didn't want to drown her child. Right. And, I mean, the lynchings, all the strange fruit hanging from the tree, not only here in the United States, have two in Southern California, one in New York, and then one in South Africa, which can be con- considered two because that woman in South Africa that was lynched was pregnant. So, I mean, I don't understand how 
people can just gloss over things and just be so brainwashed. But that's what it is, is a brainwashing. They need to have their brain washed correctly. Mm -hmm. I mean, wash too long and dirty water, they need some clean water to, wa to wash their brain. Right. Yeah, it's been um, really taking an emotional toll on me myself. Um, it just seems like a lot of is happening at once. And I've really put myself in a place of just really introspection, like trying to understand what kind of world we're living in right now. Um, not because any of this is new, unfortunately, but because at this point, we as a people, as in we as a black community, have been speaking to the racism and um, the oppression that we have experienced as a people for years. But I believe that with the new age of technology and everyone having access to a camera, that it's really shedding you know, some light on the subject. Um, and further of that, because of the same thing with technology and cameras, we're now also able to show the truth. Exactly. In real time. In real time. And so that's huge. Because it's, it, it basically takes away the argument and the debate. I know for some, they want to continue to believe what they want to believe, and so they will deny what they see or they'll make excuses. Um, but the reality is we're seeing it in real time. We're seeing the racism and the oppression um, that black people have been saying for over 400 years, you know, that we are being oppressed, we are experiencing, you know, a higher rate of death when it comes to incidents with the police, not to mention a higher rate of encounters. Because mm -hmm. I saw somebody or I see people making the argument of have less encounters with the police then. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that it's easy for someone to say that, who has never walked in a black person's shoes. Right. I have lived in Georgia for about a little bit over three years. I've had nine encounters with the police in the last three years. Wow. Um, different things, um, but nonetheless, nine encounters. Um, one of them was simply, um, I'm a real estate agent. I pulled over into my car because I didn't want to be distracted driving. I needed to make some phone calls, check up on some things because it just came across my memory. So I was like, let me just pull over and take care of this because it's going to be on my mind. I don't know if you ever have something to do and it weighs heavy on your mind until you get it done. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the police just wanted to know if I was okay. Um, well, yeah, I'm fine. I'm <laughs> just making some phone calls and I don't want to drive distracted. Um, yeah, well, you know, a neighbor was concerned because you'd been sitting here for a while. Well, um, all that neighbor had to do was knock the window and ask me if I was okay. Calling the police um, to check on me, I thought was very interesting. <laughs> but this is a part of why when we hear the cries to defund the police, this is a part of what we're talking about. A call like that should not be something that we're paying for. No crime is being committed. This is based on someone's perception of this person sitting here. Are they going to be causing trouble? Are they okay? Like, 
if the police was not um, taking some of these phone calls, then I would be sitting here and I, there would be at least one less encounter right. with the officer. Because that particular encounter did not, it came from a phone call of someone perceiving whatever they perceived, you know, worrying if I was okay, but for whatever reason, not choosing to come and ask me themselves. And so that's what we're talking about when we um, say that we want to see some divesting and investing when it comes to the police um, and the amount of money that we're spending you know, with, with regards to the budget. Sure. But, um, well, what you mentioned is somebody could easily have solved this case um, with just asking a question. Absolutely. Now, and I know you, Stacy, we were around that area. What happened, uh, was it yesterday yeah, in yesterday. Wendy's? Uh, yes, yes. So uh, I passed by... Um, and saw everything before it actually happened. So I don't know if the police had gotten intel uh, that something was going to go down there. Uh, protests had already begun on the University Avenue exit um, based upon this incident uh, with Richard um, and being killed by the police um, basically for being asleep in his car, inebriated, but he was not driving. So uh, this has sparked a whole bunch of uh, wildfire here in Atlanta. We passed through it yesterday. The, the, the traffic north and south was stopped uh, because of this incident. But this whole incident uh, is, is, a, is a spark of an outcry. A lot of people say, well, you know, out of all of the stuff that's going on, why would these people destroy, you know, their own neighborhoods? Well, it wasn't us that did it, you know, but, you know, it's a cry of the people. And the people are saying we're tired. And even though it's not us that's burning down our own communities, mm -hmm. um, you know, it is, a, it, is, it is our heart's cry that is is being seen even though it's not us it is a reflection of the fire that is burning in our hearts towards our people being innocently killed on the streets so this thing is real to us you know you can't you know a, a lot of people what you were saying shoshana is uh they don't acknowledge that there is a white privilege there is a white privilege um there's a white privilege and if you don't believe that exists then you are a victim of white privilege <laughs> it, 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 it is us that is dying on the streets um, that are not being respected by the cops. And that is a cry out of us saying that we're tired. We're definitely tired of, of what's going on. And we're tired of our people being innocently killed in the streets and being hunted, uh, which is what it is, you know. Wow. Well, um, I was just checking here because I wasn't quite sure, but. I was thinking that you know they didn't have any legal rights to to him because he wasn't driving. But according to Google, you can be charged with a DUI-related offense with no proof of driving, with no keys in the ignition, or even sometimes outside of your vehicle, even if your car doesn't start. The law under the Supreme Court ruled you can't get a DUI without driving, and while the car is not even moving. Or Apart. Remember, that was a point that I was trying to bring out in the text that they saw it as a situation of why are you in a vehicle? How did you get here? 
and you're drunk. How did you get here? How do you explain getting there? Was it was were there anybody else proving in the car with him? Was he with his baby's mama? Because I know he mentioned that he brought her up and he was saying, "Let's go ride out and get something to eat, babe." You know, he was saying this in the video. Okay. This was. Uh, documented in the video so i'm trying to figure out during all of this where was she how did he end up in the parking lot asleep on what you say the passenger side was it the passenger side that he was well, we may want to fact check that yeah but, we need to fact check that. but but either way yes if he say for instance he was not in the passenger side say for instance if he was asleep on the driver's side and he was alleviated then the cop would have still, by law, according to what you just fact-checked, he would have had to drive himself there. If he's drunk now, okay, how did you get here? And when you got here, you had to have already been drunk, unless he bought alcohol in the the um, store that was right next door to the Wendy's and drunk it in the parking lot, which I doubt very seriously that he was going to do and just sit there and go to sleep. I don't know anybody that buys liquor and sits in their car and drink it and sleep it off and then go home. You know, you, you buy it, then you take it home, then you drink it there, or you partying with your friends or your family or whoever, but he was already drunk when they found him. So according to law, you shouldn't even be operating a vehicle you know, uh, and you under the influence of alcohol. And from what I understand, the whole confrontation that went down, he breathed into the breathalyzer, and it was determined at that particular point that he was above the legal limit of alcohol, which at that time the cop says, place your hands you know, behind your back, and he uh, proceeded to handcuff him. And that's when the altercation took place and things spun out of control that led eventually to his death. Does anybody else have any other insight on that as far as what I see? Cause so I guess the question that I have is this. If someone realizes that, okay, because alcohol is, 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 we know that it's delayed in its effect. Yes. And it affects different people differently. Right. We do know that there is a legal limit. Right. So a person is allowed to have um, 0.08 in the state of Georgia okay. is the legal limit. And so my question then is, if someone were to go to a restaurant and have a drink mm -hmm. and they go in their car and then said, you know what, even though I've only had the one drink, I'm going to sit in here for a while before I start to drive. Because we also know that it takes about 30 minutes or so for it to pass through your system. Mm -hmm. um, so you're telling me that that person would be at risk then of having an encounter with the police where they could be slapped with a DUI, even though they have not left the parking lot and even though they have not operated a vehicle. Yeah. Um, hmm. I've seen, uh, I watch, I love to watch cop shows and uh, um, there's one particular cop show that I watch on TV. Um, there was a man that was sleeping in his car and the police rolled up on him and they tried to take him in because he was asleep in his car. You know, a not you know in a in a big parking lot, nobody else was around, and somebody called the police and reported you know a suspicious vehicle in the parking lot by himself. The man said, "I was tired. I didn't feel like I could go on." You know, um, when they discovered the man was black, they pulled him out of the car, 
Uh, he just so happened to be parked next to syringes or whatever that they found on the ground. So it looked maybe like they were trying to accuse him of some type of drug use or something. He was like, no, I just happened to park over here. But what I'm saying is that when we do some certain things as black people, we are looked at and judged totally different. I mean, how, how many of us have, have seen people maybe go up and down our street? you know, that, that looks suspicious or, you know, and, and, and even in our minds think, you know, you know, do they live over here? They looking, you know, why they driving, why they creeping, you know, going through our community, you know, some certain things like that. But us as a people, we even us as black people have been programmed to think against our own people, you know, and be suspicious of them and more pessimistic concerning them and see motive long before we even know them. So if we are programmed like that, of course, what are white people going to do? They're going to be even more so like to the hundredth degree more programmed than us because we learned it from them against our own people. Exactly. So I don't know. Y'all can tell me. Not to get too much into the legalities of that. Well, maybe we need to. Sure. Because the, the the other question I have is does does it vary from state to state? The DUI, um, you know, categories or whatever you want to call it, does that vary from state to state? I think the blood alcohol level, I believe that's might, that might be standard. Mm-hmm. I have to check into that. But um, does it vary from state to state? Because I also saw information where from a law firm that says that, um, no, you can't be arrested as a passenger. And they're saying that call us if you have. You can't be arrested for a DUI. So is there a difference maybe between getting a DUI or maybe, uh, you know, or other, there's, uh, there's another DWI. There's DUI and there's DWI, but that's driving while intoxicated. So I guess we'd have to know the, you know, the laws and how that. Um, because the I laws are the same yeah. uh, for all states okay. as far as the legal blood alcohol, alcohol. limit. And it's, zero, it's uh, 0.08. So okay. that's standard for all states. But I can understand if you're sitting in the driver's seat because it's like you intend to drive. So I can understand with so many people driving while drunk and causing so many major accidents and killing innocent people. Right. I understand if you are behind the wheel, mm-hmm. you have the keys. I mean, when we look at those commercials talking about don't drive home drunk, when people coming out of the bar, yeah. they take the keys from, from them, and then they go and call a taxi for them or, or, driver. or, or driver or whatever, Uber nowadays, Lyft, whoever, and that person leaves the car behind, and they don't even have the keys. Or you see people leave the keys with the bartender and say, I'll come back and pick up my car tomorrow. So I can understand, okay, if you're behind the driver's seat and you have intent to drive under the influence with a possible deadly weapon, Mm -hmm. I get it. But I think he wasn't driving from the video at the time. The car was parked. Yes. And however he got there, we don't know. That's the mystery. And yes, you could assume he drove himself, and that would be cause for trouble. But there could have been another way. Exactly. To de-escalate the situation where it would not end in a shooting. Because you have a white man 
uh, was it June 9th, who shot at police. No, no, he was white. Firing at police, and he made it out alive. They arrested him. He was arrested, Mm -hmm. and he is alive. Exactly. After shooting, not with fake bullets, with real bullets at the police, and he lived. This man had his body. And a, and with a taser in him, and he did not survive because he was. What was the reason that you could not? Two of you could not take this man down. Right. And he had no weapon, whereas that white man in June 9th had a gun, and they managed to take him down. And he was running away from them while shooting. <laughs> and he survived. And he can go to trial. Yes. So that's where, you know, I feel white people don't understand. Mm -mm. Who cares about resisting police? You're supposed to be able to de-escalate a situation in which you can handle the criminal and and subdue them without pulling out your weapon. Right. (laughs) Without pulling out your weapon. Right. You should not have to pull out your weapon. Because if you can take that person who was shooting at you, who was Caucasian, you can arrest them. Then you could take a person who is black, who have no weapon, you can arrest them as well. Well, let's, I mean, just let's be honest and let's just call it what it is. What it is. I mean, the, 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 the fact of the matter is because this black man, he was drunk, right? He took on two cops. <laughs> He took on two cops by himself, <laughs> kicked their butts, <laughs> all right? And even though one of them had a taser stuck in him, he still managed to kick their butts. He ran away. He was trying to get away from them, all right? And they turned around, tased him, and then shot him three times. So to me, that, that that's an ego thing. To me, their ego was bruised. Now, did they shoot they him had in the something back? to prove. They had to have shot him in the back because he was running yes, away. Okay, so that's the problem because your life wasn't in danger if you're shooting somebody in the back. Correct. Correct. Which is against the law because from what I understand about, uh, about discharging a weapon or self-defense, if a person is trying to get away from you and you have the ability to be able to avoid killing them, then if they turn their back and you shoot them in the back, that's, that's an offense. That's against Georgia law. So we're in Georgia, right? Yeah. This happened in Atlanta, right? This happened off of University Avenue in the city of Atlanta. So according to Georgia law, whether he this man was running away from him, he didn't pose an immediate threat. He wasn't even armed. So they're using the fact that he had um, captured the taser, the officer's taser. Yeah, but the problem is that is that's not, a, not exactly not that's not deadly. That's not a you deadly just weapon. Shot the crap Correct. out of you, then you live to see another day. You might be disoriented for about five minutes, but but you live to see another day. So yes, he had the taser. Now it would have been a different story had he he had he recovered the nine millimeter exactly. that was on his side. Now that that would have changed the game Absolutely. right exactly. there. But because he had a taser that would have left you, you know. Shaking for about five minutes, and then you could recall after that, you know, after you're over it, then you could have taken the man into custody. Or better yet, what if he had gotten away? 
What's the worst thing that could happen? You he could get away. Jump in your car. And jump chase in your car chase him. <laughs> well, they didn't. Yet. They wouldn't even need to do that because they had his vehicle, they had his exactly. vehicle. which has his information. Exactly. But that's so they, they could did. find him. They could have served a warrant. Exactly. They could have. They could have done this much more intelligently. So these cats. That and this is the reason why they probably getting fired. This is why they got fired because this is a liability. But this is the mentality of police, not just here in Atlanta. Right. This is the personality and the mentality of police nationwide in this country in, in either in even other countries of the world how they treat us as black people they are programmed there's something in them that teaches that a black man is a threat that 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 if if he's big we got to overpower him we got to shoot him there's no way that we can just that they, they're programmed with this because we're seeing this all too many times you know that that but 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 do you think that there's a stereotype? Let me ask you guys this question. Do you think that there's a stereotype of black men yes. that they're looking Absolutely. for yes. that 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 are posed as a threat? So what do you think those type of men is? Because from what I see in the articles about all of the black men that were killed, whether it was whether it was Michael Brown, whether it was you know uh, uh, Philando Castile, whether it was uh, Ahmaud Arbery, whether it was whoever, the description of the black male that I see is dark skin, yes, right. tall, husky, some in some instances um, uh, slim, yeah. build, but Y'all correct me. I'm not seeing many light-skinned men. Have, out of all of the people that we have that we that are up for discussion that have been killed, have any of them been light-skinned black people? Uh, so, so what is this telling us? This is telling us that we've been programmed to fear yeah. what's dark. Yeah. So they mm -hmm. were already programmed in mind. They went in there. You go in. First of all, why are you sending two white police police officers <laughs> into a hood? Now, yeah. I know that area. Into Black Mecca. Exactly. That's <laughs> University Avenue. That's Pryor Road. That is a hood. I know some projects down there. I had some friends that grew up there. Yes, sir. They're, they are known for the hood. Why are you going to send two white police officers that are scared of us anyway into a hood? To answer a call, like first of all, who even called? What? 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 How? How did this even come about? Why was he even determined as a threat? Who made that call? Another was he parked somewhere he wasn't supposed to be parked? What triggered yes. the whole incident? Yes. Yeah, so, um, this is one of those cases where I can't wait to hear the nine one one call. Yeah. Release. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I would love to lot. see what they said, mm -hmm. because that's another thing. Okay. If the police is coming and expecting one thing, but certainly after having a conversation with the man, because we see the conversation and the man was very cordial. Right. Um, very polite. Yeah. And very compliant. Yes. Until he felt that he was being unjustly arrested. Correct. Because he offered to walk home. Yes, he did. He said, I'm awake now. Yeah. I'll walk home to my sisters. She's, she's just she's around. the. Away. Yes. She's not far from here. Right. He didn't know if he could refuse. I saw that he had fear in him. Yeah. Because he says, well, do I have to take it? I don't want to refuse anything. Mm -hmm. In other words, I don't want to give you a reason to think that I'm anything more than what I am. Right. He goes, I don't want to refuse anything. Right. But do I have to take it? And the officer said to him, it's up to you. So you're dealing with a man that is black, that knows the history of... 
police. white policemen mm-hmm. dealing with black men, and yeah. he is afraid. Yeah. And when they begin to handcuff him for no reason, he acted out of fear. Yeah, that's did. what I see. I, like I, I said, we that. might have different ways of looking at this, but that's what I saw. Okay. I agree totally with that. Uh, I think that when he ran in his mind what he saw, in his mind he saw one of those cops knee in his neck. He saw George Floyd. Yeah. He saw Ahmaud Arbery. That's why he ran. (laughs) We'll be right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're back, and this is Collaborative Minds. Let's get perspective. So I want to follow up just a little bit before we, we uh, address another topic to what Stacy was saying. I saw a video of a young black man, because he was a college student, mm-hmm. walking back to the, I don't know if it's to the dorms, or with two white women with him or young ladies with him. And um, I guess this was, what, what would was you this? call, oh, this was in the UK. This okay. is Croydon. Okay, London. Croydon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... They put the, the stopped him and asked him, "Can he search him?" For what? That's that what I'm trying to know. That's what everybody was asking in the video. Why are you stopping him? He and wanted th- to know. Right, and then he asked, "Well, why you want to search me?" And then that just turned into something where the police even got in, uh, the, the like the police because this guy was probably like a traffic cop. What we call yes. a traffic, not a traffic, like a. Um, yeah, I think that's what they call. Yeah, they call him traffic cop, but it's like what we call here the meter maid or whatever like that with yeah. ticket. He was something like that. So okay. he stopped him. Can I can I search you? He was like, what? What do you want to search me for? And then they it got into, they tried to arrest him and all kinds of stuff. So in this same video that we saw, didn't it start out with two cops and then nine yes. Yes. ended up? Okay, so what was the whole purpose of one man being stopped and asked to search, you know, meet a maid or whoever, the two cops, you know, and it escalated into nine cops for one man. And he What's wasn't up like, with he, that? He wasn't even fighting or anything. He, he was wasn't. just like he wasn't a threat. Nothing. He was not armed. He didn't even he didn't even resist. He was like, "What am I being charged for?" If some if you have charged a person or you have stopped a person by lo- by right, you have the right to ask them, 
Why are you stopping me? Because if you can't provide me with an explanation as to why you're stopping me or why you want to search me, it's not justified. No, not only is it not justified, it's dangerous. It is. I'm a woman. If you pull me over and I don't know the cause of it and you refuse to tell me the cause of it, I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going. So you're going to hit the gas. I will. <laughs> I will. And some people not scared. Yeah, they're no. not scared. There, there are people who have stared down the barrel of a gun. Yeah. There are some people who have seen death face to face, shook hands with them, and, and turned and went the other way just because they wasn't ready yet. They wasn't scared to die. Right. So if you roll up on someone, you need to understand that you need to have just cause for rolling up on somebody. Because if you roll up on someone incorrect without probable cause, some people are bold enough, whether you got a shield, whether you got the color of authority or not, they don't give a darn. They will They will shoot you. Yeah. They and will. He was asked. I mean, it's, it's not like he stopped all three of them. He wasn't by himself. He was with two white, two white, chi- white girls, girls. With two cops. He wasn't aggressive. Why did it end up nine? That that's that's most of the times the case. Yeah. You know, why did you end up calling? Yeah, he and was a, a young guy. He was a little boy. Student. And there was like eight of them that I counted. Yeah. There might have been more, oh, but I mean counted the boy eight. with the plastic bag over his head? Yes. Oh, I ma'am. saw that too. Yes. I what saw in that the too. world was but that? The cops put the plastic bag over the boy's head and it was like he must have been like 11, 12. 12. He was 12. Somewhere around there. And for one, they had no right to do that without his parents. Yeah. Because he's a minor. Because the guy kept saying that. Yes. He kept saying, where's his parents? Where's his parents? You can't do that. I mean, where does the line, where is the line drawn? Because it seems like now the line has gotten blurred. Yeah. As far as cops, as to what is right and what is wrong. They're doing law by any means necessary, and that can't that can't continue that in can't. society. No, because this can't. is not a judge dread society. No, where you uh, the police officer, you become the judge and the jury and the, and the jury sentence, at the same time. And ex- sir, executioner. At, at exactly. The same time. I mean, now for this little boy, it was a, it looked like it was at the fast food restaurant or something, right? Okay. Okay. It looked like it. I'm not sure, but if he let's say he did order something to steal, try to steal it and run out the store with it, right? Right. He's 12. My thinking, he might be hungry. Everybody done done that. I did that when I was years old. You're a kid. You're young. You do dumb stuff. Yeah. That you, I mean, when you're when you're young, you're immature. You do things that that you're not aware of consequence. Because at that particular age, consequence sometimes don't add up. If you're hungry, then you would rather deal with the consequence than be hungry. He was 12 years old. They could have whooped his butt and sent him on his way, or walked him and found his parents and say, "Were you aware of the situation?" and let the parents judge him. But they didn't do that. They took it upon themselves. To hold this kid, one, two, three, I think end up maybe four some cops, and then you got him down on his on, on the ground. Was it hog tied? He was handcuffed. Hand yeah, handcuffed. Yeah. And and a bag over his head. A plastic bag. They, over they, his they, head. That's illegal. That's crazy. Because I had to have called the police on minors before when I worked in an establishment as a manager. The police could not arrest that child until the parent until or guardian parent show showed up. up. 
because legally the parent is responsible yes. for their actions. So that's why these cops were out of order. They had no, and they could have the pantsuit off. As a matter of fact, I would find a good lawyer. I would get my auntie, who's a bulldog. I would <laughs> get her on them, and that whole police department, just like Minnesota, gonna be shut down. Shut down. But that's why um, people need to think because you know, I was watching this video talking about the pet syndrome. I call it the pet syndrome, where they feel that we are animals and we are their pets. Yes, and we're supposed. And they're responsible for us in some reason to have to um, corral us or, or nurture us, you know, and, and do. I'm like, no, we are grown people. Right. We so can make, like, we can't pets. make, we as black people can't make decisions on our own. Well, that's a lot because they, they treat their pets better than us. You sure, sure do. do. They, they go on vacation and take their pets. They feed them to find us a food. The pet, you smack a pet and see, you see what the lady Karen <laughs> did up in New York choking her dog and they her done took Amy, that dog from yes, that Karen. woman. It's the same situation. They treat, <laughs> so that's an insult to me that they would say this is a pet syndrome because they treat their pets better than us. If that's what they, they, try, they try to do to us. Bunch of lies. When they, um, like they feel like they, you know, because it can, cause racism would go to different extremes. It okay. could be like complete hatred or like, oh, we are responsible. Oh, you poor black person. Right. Let me help you cross the street because you don't know how to do that. No, thank you. Or, you know, we don't know how to take care of our children. You've helped us enough. We, you don't know how to do things. And so. Okay, so since they're using the police, which is supposedly setting place to serve and protect us, and that's not happening. There's now this whole, then I guess what what the masses are asking for those of us who are being abused and brutalized by the police is to defund the police. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what is that all about? If you defund the police, when I hear the word defund, it means to take away money. Yeah. I, I I see people talking about oh you can't get rid of police. So uh, that defund don't mean get rid of to me, but you know that's what they're saying. So how does that? How effective will that be in changing the culture of how we're being policed? Well, before Shoshana go into this, yeah. defunding the police, I think they need to have a dictionary or meaning underneath it when they print it in the newspaper or on social media because people be acting stupid. They yeah. sure do. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't mean what people, but it's a scare tactic. Mm. Right. So that people that, oh, there's no police, so nobody's going to come to my house when I need something. No, the police didn't come to your house because then they feel like coming to your house as a scare tactic so that you won't defund them. Exactly. Because the funds they're getting to do, the things that they're supposed to do, they're not, and they're, they're using not. it for something else. Correct. But go ahead, Shoshana. It's good. So that is an absolutely manipulative way um, to try to convince people that this is something bad. Mm -hmm. So we have defunded education. Okay. A lot. A lot. Say that. Field trips aren't allowed anymore, but do the schools still exist? Yes. Sure do we still have educators? Arts. And the books So up. they're yeah. very familiar with, with what this term means because it's something that we have done systematically mm -hmm. in you know, throughout the years. And which we don't benefit. And what we have done is we have actually overfunded the police. Okay with some of the things that we have defunded. And so let me s explain what defunding the police actually please. looks like. Yes. Um, it doesn't mean that the police will not exist, all right? What it is, it's, it's a call to divest and 
invest. In other words, we're going to divest the resources from over here and we're going to instead invest them over here. It means that a portion of the budget that the police gets will be rerouted to the community so that we can fund people like social workers, mental health experts, uh, race crisis, rape crisis experts, housing experts, educators, etc. And what's going to happen is that the police will not have to respond to some of those calls mm. because people are now getting services that are going to help to decrease ah. the number of some of those calls. Okay. And so basically we're going to fund the people that need to be funded to actually handle these things. Okay. A police being called to a do domestic dispute, for instance, many times they're sent away. Yeah. Many, many times no one gets arrested. Right. Because the couple then decides, yes. oh, we're, we're okay here, sir. Mm -hmm. We're good. Mm -hmm. And the police now needs to leave. Right. So what those people actually need is some counseling, counseling. some mental help, et cetera. And so that's what defunding the police is. Okay. It's simply taking and reallocating the resources in a collective way. It's, it's a shifting of prioritizing where the money should go so that we don't have a bunch of frivolous phone calls going out to the police. Okay. It also further goes to demilitarizing the police. Okay. Some of the equipment. Um, there are some cop cars that are Lamborghinis. Like why? Denali's. Why? Why? <laughs> and so that's a part of defunding as well. Okay. It's like, where can we cut and put the resources so that the police can effectively do their jobs? Right. And so that we have a decrease in crime as a result of different areas being funded mm -hmm. with the money that's going into these frivolous things. So we're empowering the community and not the institution that enslaves us. Absolutely. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So if, I mean, I mean, this case is slightly off, but let's just play imagination. There was a, there's a case where um, a man was parked on the side of the road, his car apparently broke down the police stopped to give him a hand. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened in those couple of minutes, 30 minutes, and the man was sitting in the back of the police car, something happened and the man ended up getting killed by the police. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, that. before that, a friend of that person called, that, called the 911 mm -hmm. to say that this person is acting strange. Mm -hmm. So to me, if a friend, you're my friend and you got feel so scared that you feel like you need to call 911 on me because I'm ha I seem to be paranoid. I seem to be speaking things that is not used to. That means that person was really having something happen. So I like I'm not I'm not a psychologist, but I'm I'm thinking that person was he was he was in college. He probably was at that point where he was having a, a starting to have schizophrenia. Thank you for listening to part 1 of this episode. Look out for part two coming soon. If you would like to contact us, please email us at collaborativeminds2020 at gmail.com. Music featured on today's discussion are Mind Stimulant by Ruben Ludovic, Murderer by Bougie Bonton, courtesy of Penthouse Records. Collaborative Minds or its associates do not own the rights to this music. Dance Mind by Ruben Lee.